medicine has some pretty incredible and fascinating historical facts, like the first self-appendectomy. Yeah, that actually happened, and it happened back in the 1920s. It's a testament to the human will, the power of ingenuity, and the boldness to go where no one has gone before. Let's talk about that next. I have to admit, I frequently read and love historical stories of people who challenge themselves and their system to push and change the status quo. One such person was Dr. Evan O'Neill Kane. Dr. Kane was born in 1862 and he was a pioneer in the medical profession and chief surgeon of New York City's Kane Summit Hospital. He was also a member of a very notable Pennsylvanian family. Now, Kane wanted to prove to the world that general anesthesia was often unnecessary for otherwise minor operations. He used himself for a test case and operated on himself, removing his own appendix using only local anesthesia in 1921. And he was 60 years old at the time. All right, now you have to follow this story because it's just remarkable and it's a testament to the will of humanity. As he scheduled the surgery and told the operating room staff that he was his own surgeon, they objected. However, as he was chief of staff and the chief surgeon at the hospital, they relented and allowed him to proceed as long as his fellow surgeons could be in the room to serve as backup in case of some kind of complication. Dr. Kane propped himself up on the operating table with a mirror over his abdomen and three other doctors in the operating theater. Kane made the large incision needed to remove the appendix and his assistants sutured him up. Dr. Kane chatted and laughed throughout the entire operation. Remember, this was done under local anesthesia. This was before new techniques were brought to the forefront that required a small incision. The entire surgery actually only took 30 minutes. Now, at one point in the procedure, while leaning too far forward, his small bowel popped through the incision. Now, while the room witnesses gasped, he quietly and delicately replaced them back into his abdomen and continued his own appendectomy. Now get this, just two weeks after this self-surgery, Kane was back to work operating on his patients. So the next time that we feel tired or burnt out or fatigued, we have to remember about Dr. Kane. I mean, really, what's our excuse? But it didn't stop there. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That's right, it didn't stop there. In 1932, the then 70-year-old Dr. Kane 
operated upon himself once again, this time for an inguinal hernia. When performing the complicated surgery, Kane was very relaxed and even joking as he came within millimeters of important blood vessels. Because of the close proximity to the femoral artery, it was a particularly delicate operation, which Kane performed in just under two hours. Now, this case was performed with the press in attendance, all of which were amazed. Remember that he did this on himself under local anesthesia. Although the surgery was successful, his post-op course was difficult, hypothesized to be a result of his age and overall health status. Three months later, unfortunately, Dr. Kane died of pneumonia. Other cases of self-surgery have been reported throughout the decades worldwide. Cases like Leonid Rogozov, who was a Soviet general practitioner who took part in the 6th Soviet Antarctic Expedition in 1960-61. He was the only doctor stationed at that area and developed symptoms of acute appendicitis, which meant that he had to perform the surgery on himself. On the morning of April 29. 1961, Rogozov experienced general weakness, nausea, moderate fever, and pain in the right lower quadrant of the abdomen. His symptoms were classic, and he knew that he had developed acute appendicitis. Flying out was out of the question because of snowstorms, and there was one further problem. He was the only physician on the base. As he wrote in his diary, it seems that I have developed acute symptoms of appendicitis. I am keeping quiet about it and even smiling, although I know something must be done. A polar explorer's only encounter with medicine is likely to have been in a dentist chair. Rogozov had no option but to perform the operation on himself. The operation started at 0200 local time on the first day of May with the help of a driver and meteorologist who were providing instruments and holding a mirror to observe areas that were not even directly visible to him. All right, now, before I tell you how this went down, I want to remind everybody that this was in the Antarctic with no real OR. As he began the procedure, he ended up in a semi-reclining position, half-turned to his left side. After 30 to 40 minutes, Rogasov started to take short breaks because of general weakness and fatigue. Finally, he removed the severely affected appendix. He applied antibiotics into the peritoneal cavity and closed the wound. The operation itself lasted an hour and 45 minutes. Now, partway through, the helping team took photographs of the operation, and those can actually be found online. After the operation, gradual improvement occurred in the signs of peritonitis and in the general condition of the physician. Body temperature returned to normal after five days, and the stitches were removed seven days after his own surgery. He resumed his regular duties in about two weeks. The self-surgery captured the imagination of the Soviet public at the time. In 1961, he was awarded the Order of the Red Banner of Labor. I find these cases and countless others remarkable because it's a testimony to the determination of the individual, the strength of will, and the ability to think 
and accomplish things outside of the box, not only for personal good and development, but for the greater good. Thanks for listening to this episode of Clinical Pearls.